Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And today on our show, I'm honored to have Minister Matthew Smith. For over 30 years, Matthew has been working with the Spirit. He is a member of the Spiritualists National Union and teaches mediumship at the renowned Arthur Finley College in Stansted, England, as well as at various organizations around the world. Matthew is author of the book Entrancement, a theoretical and practical manual, and two CDs, Embracing the Spirit and Spirit Communication. He gives demonstrations of survival publicly and privately. He tutors students all over the world on mediumship via Skype. In fact, I am one of his students. Matthew Smith also holds workshops on how we can develop our own mediumship. This coming August 2016, Matthew will be in the United States giving a five-day workshop in Wisconsin for anyone interested in learning mediumship or anyone who wishes to deepen their skills. His website is matthewinspires.co.uk. So without further ado, Minister Matthew Smith, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Thank you. It's nice to speak to you and to you and to your listeners. Yes, we met just one month ago and I am so happy to be one of your tutors and to have you on the show today. Well, that month, where's it gone? It only seems like yesterday, I know. doesn't it? It does. It does. If you don't yeah. mind, Matthew, just uh, maybe a little bit of your history. I, I know that I've read it, um, but just for our listeners, how does one have 30 years experience as a medium? I mean, did you grow up believing well, in this? <clears throat> well, I believe, and there, there, are two, there are two trains of thoughts on this. I believe... I come from the school that uh, I believe mediums are born. I don't believe they're made. Um, Everyone has an ability to communicate because we are spirit living a human experience. We're not a human living a spiritual experience Um, because everything that we do in life is, and we experience in life is there to help our spirit growth. So, as a child, I would see the spirit, but as a child, I didn't know <laughs> it was spirit to me. It was, um, th- they were people, but because as a child, I was epileptic. Um, I never used to see the spirit in with my eyes open. I saw them, always saw them in my mind and later in life, when I posed this question to the spirit world uh, or to those that work with me, um, I was told, well, we couldn't show you, um, we couldn't show ourselves to you in the objective form. That means objective form means seeing spirit as I would see you or, or you would see me in, in that solid form, because if they did, it would, could trigger fits seeing these spirits materialize and dematerialize. So they would show me in my mind. And uh, those fits stopped when I was about five. Um, but I still proceeded to to have this awareness. And the house um, that we lived in, there was a lot of spirit activity there. 
Uh, but I was never frightened of it. Um, others were because they didn't understand it. Sure. And I found, and, and I found that, and I'm sure you have too, that if somebody is frightened of something, then they over-exaggerate it in their own mind. Yes. But when they, when they understand it, that knowledge also brings a confidence. Um, I've been called to many places where <clears throat> they, people say, there are disturbances, etc. And you know, nine times out nine times at least nine times out of ten, it's not a disturbance at all. Um I had an occasion the other day where this lady rang me up and she said um that her television the, the, the volume on her television kept being increased. Um and she was convinced in her words she had a poltergeist in her home and it wasn't that at all. Her grandmother had just died. And she liked to watch, she liked watching the telly. So she was just making them aware. She was turning the television off because she was deaf, this lady, when she was on the earth. And through the television, she was just letting them know she's, she was okay. That's funny. But Yeah, but you see, because they didn't realize that, their mind automatically went to a spooky Hollywood movie. Right. Um, uh, which, of course, isn't the case. Um, sorry, I went off subject a bit, no, that's didn't okay. I? But that's, a, but that's the thing with this, you see. There's so many, there are so many connections and interconnections with so many different aspects. Uh, then I went to drama school. I mean, this this ability never left me. I mean, I, I do hear people say, you know, when they become teenagers, mediums when they became teenagers, uh, the the ability subsided. Well, mine never did. It just stayed there. But it, I, I didn't. I accepted it as something that was part of my life. Uh, I, I didn't ex think it was any different. Uh, and then from that, because uh, a long story short from that, I then came to this college, the Arthur Finley College, which actually where I'm speaking to you from now. Um, and uh, I, I learned mediumship here, as well as uh, my own, the church I belong to in Southampton. But primarily, my training was done here. And then from that, you know, it's just grown. Uh, before I became a professional medium, I was a children's entertainer uh, and I was a professional clown. Wow. Uh, and um, I didn't realize that the the clowning was also helping me with my development. Because when you're, when you're working, you've got like 200 kids laughing. It's a tremendous energy, you know. Yes. Tremendous. Um, and I had a, uh, who was given to me many, by many different mediums, a helper who was a clown as well, because like attracts like, doesn't it? <laughs> and, uh, his name was Joey Grimaldi and, um, he's, well, he still is Joey Grimaldi. And sometimes he still comes and works with me when I'm demonstrating my mediumship. You can feel his energy in the room because it's very light, it's very jovial, you know? Uh, I mean, let's face it. What we're dealing with is death. Oh, you know, I know. It's the most depressive. It's the most depressive thing going, isn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Ma Matthew, when you went to the Arthur Finley College uh, in the beginning, did you get a lot of your questions answered? And even you bring up Jerry Grimaldi. I hadn't a clue getting in into this that we had guides and helpers and and things like that. Yeah. Um. It was Joey, Joey Grimaldi. Oh, Joey. Um, yeah. Um, when, um, 
when I came here, spiritualism was a lot different to what it is today. Um, because you would ask a question, uh, a response then would come from the tutors, but they never answered your question. Um, and I've since learned in my capacity as a, as a, as a, um, as a teacher of spiritualism, there aren't any answers to a question really because it's based on the perception of the moment. So we were encouraged to go and find out. We were encouraged to find out for ourselves and how you develop your relationship through meditation, um, through um, practice sitting with the spirit world and, you know, different aspects of information was given. And I soon realized that this Gary Grimaldi was not a figment of my imagination or anybody else's imagination to that matter. Uh, I did a children's party once and I used to make balloon animals and, uh, I was making a balloon animal, a balloon animal and uh, the balloon was taken out of my hands hmm. literally. And the kids thought it was hilarious. I mean, I just sort of went along with it because I knew Joey was there. He was like part of the act, if the conditions were right for that to happen. And uh, at the end of the show, whoever the little boy's party was, he said to me, my, my clown's name was Smithy because my surname is Smith. And kids can pronounce that name without any problem. And he said, Smithy, he said, you were very funny. He said, but the other clown with the ginger hair was funnier. Oh, you give me and, goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you see, he saw him. He he saw him. I don't know if other kids did, but in his innocence, like when I was the child, I was seeing the spirit in my head. He wasn't. He saw the spirit in a solid form and just accepted it as that. Um, and um, Joey, uh, we, we used to... He wasn't at every party because the conditions had to be right for it, you see. And then... Um, on my last week uh, of that work, and it was a career, um, it was a very successful career, mm -hmm. um, but I, I did make a promise to the spirit world that uh, we would work, I'd work in that field for 15 years because I felt that was my life's plan to do that. And then I'd go full time with the mediumship, which I did. And on the last week, I was called to go to a hospital to visit a boy who had been involved in a traffic accident. And this boy was eight years of age. And I didn't work with kids. I mean, boys of eight, you know, they didn't want a clown. No. <laughs> they, they, they didn't want that at all. But I felt that I ought to do it. So I went to the hospital, obviously dressed as a clown. Uh, and in those days, we didn't have clown doctors, like, like perhaps you do in America. You've probably had them there for, for a while. Um, a clown doctor, as I should emphasize, is somebody dressed up as a clown, not a trained doctor being a clown. Right. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, I, I went to the ward and the eight year old was in his private in a private room. And there was a little two year old who saw me walking up the corridor and he was his little eyes were like saucers. He, he was petrified at seeing what was coming towards him. And, and I learned very early on, you don't talk to kids. They, you don't go to kids, they come to you. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I just did a clown wave and went in the room. And when I came out, um, this little boy was still there waiting for me. And um, I sat on the floor with him. I made him some balloon animals. And he was laughing. And he was communicating in his own little way. And that was that. And I gave him one of my little clown cards and, and um, the uh, the nurse in charge came up to me and she said, he's 
say his name was Paul, uh, Tommy. I can't remember his name. But she said, Tommy's been with us for two weeks, she said. He hasn't laughed. He hasn't communicated. He, he hasn't smiled. He's been very insular. Uh, but you come in, you haven't got any um, training in nursing or psychology, but he communicated to you, how'd you do it? And I said, well, I've no idea. Because, you know, you, I, I just let it happen. Mm-hmm. And um, I left him the card, and a few days later, his mother rang me, and he died. This oh. little boy died. And um, she she said to me, I just want to thank you for what you did for Tommy, she said, because as he was, um, she said, passing away, he said with his eyes closed, where's Smithy? Oh. So that story or that experience taught me that there was a power there with that clown that I never really knew. I just did it, you know. I just Mm -hmm. got on the treadmill and did it. And that was the last week of 15 years of working. And I didn't want to go for the eight-year-old because I didn't work with eight-year-olds. But, you see, the spirit world wanted me there not for the eight-year-old, but for the two-year-old. And I always say to people, you know, if the spirit, if, if well, if God, if God puts opportunities in your path and you feel, oh, I don't, I don't want to do that, it's not about you It's as an individual. It's about where the power is leading you. And it taught me a very good lesson that, to listen, always listen to the spirit. Those are some very profound words. I've had it. Mm. Also, I never expected to write a book, talk about grief, talk, do the things I have. Mm. And over and over and over, things just kept coming in my path. It was so obvious that I was meant to follow the path. Yes. And it wasn't see, what of, I wanted to do. <laughs> well, there you go. But you see, I've never met a medium that wanted to be one. Really? Ne- never. I've never met a medium that's said, oh, I'm going to be a medium now. It's been a series of events that's led them from A to B to C to D. The same as you with your book, because when you're you're writing, it's a form of communication. Uh, You're writing from a place of experience, and uh, any writer will tell you that uh, their, their, their greatest work comes from experience um yes they're, they're they're putting into paper what they've actually breathed and lived um and gone through and that's what makes it real that's what makes the words real uh, on the page because the person is writing from the place of truth um and uh, <clears throat> the, the 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 nothing in life nothing in life happens by chance there's no such thing as coincidence I don't think there is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you see what was a horrible uh, experience for you is being turned, if you like, into a rainbow for others. That's uh, true, yes. Um, and then from those seeds, from those uh, from those seeds from that book, it's given people that you'll never meet, people that I'll never meet, but it doesn't matter. What matters is about being this instrument for the spirit um, and doing what you can when you can. 
Because none of us know, none, none of us know when we're going to be called home. And that's what I call the spirit world. The spirit world is home. I like that. This isn't home. This is a, this is a place that we just reside in for whatever period of time we have to reside. But, you know, that leads me on to talk about um, uh, accidents and um, people that are killed in awful um, situations. Mm -hmm. um, because I, I believe for all of us there is a time to be born, as it says in the Bible, and I wouldn't say there's a time to be die. I say there's a time to be reborn. Um, but we do have um, distorted minds. We do have people trying to cause disharmony in the physical world. And in situations like that, I do not believe that is an act of God. I believe that is an act of evil. And uh, we have to fight darkness with light. And all we can do, what, what we need to do is fight situations like that with, uh, with prayer, not with swords, but with prayer. And good will always overcome evil. Evil being ignorance, you know, and mm -hmm. control. Uh, and that's where spiritualism, that's where spiritualism holds its own, because it's not a dogma, it is not a creed. It's saying to people, look, we've got seven principles of national spiritualism in England. American spiritualism has principles. I can't quote them to you, um, but ours are the fatherhood of God, the brotherhood of man, the communion of spirits and the ministry of angels, the continuous existence of the human soul, personal responsibility, compensation and retribution hereafter for all the good and evil deeds done on earth and eternal progress open to every human soul. So that that is the philosophy um, of a national spiritualist. Um, and people are always surprised when you quote the first one, the fatherhood of God. And they say, what, you believe in God? <laughs> right. But, you know, have you found that? Uh, yes. Yeah. They're, they're, they're really taken aback with that. And I say to them, yeah, of course, but... Um, Jesus was a medium. He was <laughs> he was the greatest medium living, um, and uh, he demonstrated the gifts of the spirit, and that's what we that's what we do in spiritualism. Uh, and the difference there are two differences between our uh, religion and um, any other uh, Christianity or Catholicism, for example, is that mediums work in our platforms and our churches. Uh, bringing uh, information of survival and also uh, a philosophy. Uh, and there are different, there are different uh, people every week. Uh, although we, are min we have ministers, uh, as I am a minister of the National Spiritualist National Union, um, we are not attached to a church. When we are ordained, we are told the world is our parish. That's a lot of parishioners. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, <laughs> yeah, so we, we're, we're working wherever we're called. And that calling can vary. Um, you might have been the one who mentioned this from the platform. I can't remember. But someone had said, um, with different religions, God is God. So it was like it was comparing it to um, different lamps. There could be many different lamps, as there are different religions, but the light is the same. Yeah. No, it wasn't me. But that's a very nice analogy. 
Um, I, I look upon it like um, a banquet. You know, you've got, you've got a banquet of food before you, uh, and some people will gravitate to a particular food, other foods to that person, it won't appeal to them. Um, and that's how I look upon religion. Uh, so there, are, I'm not here to say, oh, no, no, that religion's wrong and spiritualism is right. It's not right for everybody. Um, it, it will only be right for those that it feels right for. Mm-hmm. And the same, that um, if somebody's fallen another faith, then that's their path. But what we need is tolerance. Uh, we, do, we do need to find tolerance with because God is God. Um, God doesn't belong to any country or to any individual um, as a mascot. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know where that word just came from. Actually. It's I've a good used, one. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've never used that before. You do have a sense uh, of humor, yeah. Smithy. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, Smithy, two Fs. Oh, two Fs. Uh, yeah, Smithy. Two Fs, yeah. Um, uh, it, you know, and, and water, religion is... Um, well, it's called dissent over history, isn't it, really? Uh, we, need, we need to look at harmony. If, if you've got harmony within self, then um, you'll have, har- uh, you have harmony in that. What was it? Was it um, who was it that wrote? Um, who was it that wrote? If you've got harmony, I'm not doing the words justice, but if you've got harmony in self, you've got harmony in the home. If you've got harmony in the home, you've got it in the street. If you've got it in the street, you've got it in, in your neighbourhood. And if you've got it in the neighbourhood, then you've got it in your town. And it goes like that, mm-hmm. you know. You're talking about harmony growing. And we are responsible, you know, as, human, as spirit um, living a human experience. We are responsible for allowing the spirit within to spiritualise wherever we can. And if people do not want that, then that's okay. That's fine. Just don't own it, you know. Uh, People often say to me, well, why is it that um, uh, my family, not my family, but their family, they're not spiritualist and they think they are mentally uh, deranged because I go into a spiritualist church and I say to them well it's 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 not a problem don't make it a problem you know we're not missionaries we we, we can't go around knocking on doors saying whoopee doopee one day you'll be dead you know <laughs> um it's, it's spiritualism's about life very it's much not so about, very not about death so. it's, it's not about death it's about today it's not about yesterday and once you if people can get information to understand that their loved ones are okay, albeit um, they're, you know, they're just, they're just around the corner. Um, there is a, a wonderful piece that Canon Scott Holland wrote, and it's called Death is Nothing at All. Um, if I seem to remember, it's, it goes on the lines of death is nothing at all. I am I, you are you. Whatever we were to each other, that we still are. So call me by my old familiar name. Speak to me in the easy way which you always used. Put no difference into your tone. 
Don't wear any forced air of solemnity or sorrow. Laugh as we always laughed at the little jokes we enjoyed together. Play, smile, think of me, pray for me. Let my name be ever the household word that it ever was. Let it be spoken without effect, without the ghost of a shadow upon it. I am here, somewhere very near, just around the corner. All is well. That's beautiful. Uh, I didn't say it to you exactly because that was from my head. But that, that's uh, pretty good. That's very yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> but but you, 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 your listeners can just Google it. Death is nothing at all. And I use it quite a lot when I conduct um, funerals. Ah, very good. Uh, mm. Something um, that spiritualists do that I noticed in a service, at the, the end of the service, there's the medium, the uh, minister will do medium readings on the audience. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I yeah. was absolutely astonished because that does make a service different than other religions. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, I started to, to talk about right. that. It's I, all, it's I, I all went perfect. Off. I love I everything off, you've said is perfect. I went off subject. Uh, yeah. Um, part of our, um, National spiritualism uh, in England is not just a religion and a science and a philosophy. It is also a charity. And part of our charitable status is mediumship. So we have uh, mediumship in our uh, services, uh, whereby uh, the medium will sense uh, through their clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, they will sense um, uh, a communicator. That means someone who's passed on. And they will receive information about this person. It might be a description. It will be a description. It will be perhaps the name, where they lived. You know, facts, factual information, which you, you would have witnessed here at the college. And then the medium will find out where in the audience um, they are. And, um, uh, and then the person will say, oh, yes, that is right. Yes, my mother did do that. That was my mother's name. And it it's communion it's that principle i spoke about the communion of spirits and the ministry of angels i mean it's not just the the the, the human form it's also animals as well i mean i had once i remember once um in the sanctuary i was given a contact um uh to, to a lady in the audience and um it was a fish a fish a fish from an aquarium and yeah, I know it sounds bizarre. It sounds absolutely bizarre. But this fish um, told told me. I mean, my God! If if there was anybody here with a straitjacket now, they'd take me away. Um, <laughs> told told me that um, the woman had overfed it, and uh, it had died floating on the top of the fish tank. But also within this contact. Um, I don't know now if your listeners are going to be switch off. Uh, also, <laughs> I don't the, think so because this uh, is fascinating uh, and fun. Also, also in the contact, um, uh, I, I received it wasn't her fish; it was her son's fish. And because it was like his prized um, fish out the aquarium, she thought, "Oh God, you know," because he'd gone away for holiday or something. So she bought what she thought was a replica. Of the original. Oh, no. And, of course, she flushed it down the toilet. 
Um, I'm getting all, of course, the whole sanctuary is in hysterics. Of course. Because how can a fish give this information? But you see, it's an intelligence. And this poor woman had felt so awful that she'd overfed it. And of course, her son didn't know the difference. Because <laughs> when he came home, he thought it was the same fish. I mean, thank God he wasn't in the audience. Um, but it helped her because she felt guilty about it. You see, this kind of stuff, I mean, that kind of scenario, you couldn't make it up if you tried. No. And perfect for her because guilt, whether it's yeah. a fish or yeah. an undelivered message to a loved one before they pass, guilt yeah. is horrible. And to be and able you, to help someone like that, amazing. Yeah. Well, she, she she carried that with her. Um, it's another one. Do you want me to tell you another one? Yes, please. Yeah. Um, I, I did a private sitting years and years ago. And I've never forgotten it in a in a church. And this elderly lady came in, and her friend communicated. She worked with this lady, and you know they they were good. They were they were like sisters, and it was very good. She had very good evidence came through, and all of a sudden, she this lady in the spirit world said to me, "Tell her that we work together in the rubber factory." So I just said, oh, your friend's telling me that you work together in the rubber factory. Well, the woman was hysterical. You know, she was laughing. And I'm thinking, well, I don't really think that's very funny. Mm -hmm. But I just carried on, as you do. Anyway, afterwards, she told me um, in, in the wartime in England, uh, a rubber was the name used for a condom. Right. And these women worked in what then was a rubber factory, but we would know it as a condom factory. Very funny. Uh, and, of course, had I – I didn't receive it as a condom factory because they didn't use that word then. No. They, 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 would, have, they would have called them rubbers, you see. So um, uh, you just have to trust oh, what you're being told. That's great. And, and understand it's not about you as an individual. It's about what the spirit are bringing for that person who you're working for and laughter is so good especially this is oh yeah a heavy subject and um yeah you've got it you, but you've got to know if laughter comes in you've got to be very very careful you don't go over the top with it mm -hmm. because what you don't want is to use any form of spirit communication as entertainment value because that can be very offensive to the person who's receiving the message. Do you, do you know what I mean I by do. that? I do. Yeah. It can actually, it can be very insensitive mm -hmm. because our, we're not entertainers, we're mediums. Right. And unfortunately, we, I am seeing a lot of this creeping in now mm. where people are thinking it's all about them and not the communicator. And it never is. It's always about the communicator. Well, that's a good thing to bring up, too, because even as I start my journey, my ego wants to say it's about me and I should be this, I should be doing that, or, you know, the fear comes in, lack of confidence, yeah. but it really is blessing what I get, yes. right? And yes. I'm being used. This is not the Sandra Champlain show. Um, well, you're using, you're using your, this vehicle. Mm-hmm. Your intention, your intention behind this is to educate and inform. 
and to reach people perhaps who um, maybe have fears um, about yes. what spirit is or they may have indoctrinations about what it is or they may just be curious so you're giving them a platform okay well you say well look, look go and find out about it like i sandra did you know oh absolutely uh, uh, and that, that's that's the beauty of the media when it's used properly mm -hmm. um i did tv shows in denmark and um the shows are very popular um and on one show um he was a danish clown and i i i didn't know him you know and this clown communicated to his wife who was in the audience and of course i just finished my clowning of course i could do all the moves because i that's what i'd done right and he was he was utilizing that and she knew it was her husband and then he said, would I tell his wife that he worked at Circus Hoffman? And she said, no, very definite, no. Uh, now, when you've got a television camera in your face and, and that happens and then you've got an audience looking at you, mm -hmm. it, wasn't it wasn't live telly, but the energy in the room dips. Sure. Because, because she was very adamant he did not work for Circus Hoffman. Now, I didn't labor it. I said, well, you know, that's what he's telling me. Um, and that was that. She went home. She spoke to a friend of his, and um, he said, "She said, of course, uh, Circus Hoffman. He never worked with Circus Hoffman." And the friend of his said, "Well, he did actually before you married." Oh, now that was excellent evidence. Yes, from the spirit was point of view, because it couldn't be said that I was reading her mind. There was no telepathy, because we are accused of mediums as being telepathic, you know, um, which I don't quite understand that theory, because I'm never looking at the person, the recipient, when I'm working anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm immersed in what the spirit are telling me. Mm -hmm. um, and so much so, because he was a well-known clown in, in Denmark, she went on the, um, on the TV, on, on this new, news channel, and um, she rang them up and told them about what had happened. Well, it was on their national news. I don't know what your equivalent of that would be in, in America. And of course, my picture was splattered about the, the uh, national news. So every time I went back to do a show, I was, I was well known. That's great. And, uh, oh, yeah, I, I loved it for the sake that spirit was being recognized. Absolutely. You know? um, and, and the ratings went up, too, because of it. Yeah. Matthew, I want to ask you. Uh, uh, oh, I'll have you finish your thought and then I want to, I've got a good question. Yeah, yeah I'll finish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know you are uh, passionate about trance and trance healing. And would you mind just discussing what that is? Because I think many of us are used to uh, going to a medium and getting evidential mediumship. But yeah. trance was something I didn't know anything about and then i got an opportunity to experience <clears throat> trance healing with you and i would just love it <clears throat> if you would share what that is um there were two categories of mediumship well there's three actually but we'll just look at two one is active one is passive the active mediumship is what we talk about when a medium standing on a platform or giving the private sit-ins evidence of survival so we call it active because the medium's mind is actively involved in the process. Then we come into a category of mediumship we call passive. 
And that falls into the category of trance mediumship or public speaking in philosophy. This is where the medium's mind is not actively involved. The powers of the spirit are transmitting thoughts if it's speaking uh, through, through the medium's mind or if it's healing, they are transmitting power through the hands and sometimes through, through the body of the medium. So the, uh, the healing medium is not actually a healing medium, is, is a channel, is a channel for this power to work through. Because the word healer suggests that we wave magic wand to make people better. Yes. And that's not the case. Um, doctors still have a very important role to play. Uh, if someone is on medication, they must still take their medication. Healing is something that is complementary. So this healing medium, I've got, I've got, I've got a story I could sh illustrate that with yes. you. Um, I was working in Canada uh, only a few weeks ago, and before I left for Canada, the spirit said to me. I've got a few crystals that students have given me uh, over the last few months. And I'm not being ungrateful when I say this. I'm not into props. I never have been. Uh, I'm not into crystals, you know. Mm -hmm. there, are many, there are many people that are and they help them. That's fine. I'm not criticizing it. I'm just saying they're not for me. Anyway, they said, take these with me. So I did. I put them in the suitcase. Off I went. Uh, whilst there, a lady said to me, would I give healing to, uh, could we give healing to a four four-year-old boy who was epileptic and said yes and I never charge for healing for children because um that's my way of giving back you know mm -hmm. and anyway uh on the morning I'd forgotten all about these crystals and on the morning of the of the session the um the spirit said take take one of those um crystals with you and tell Bo that's little boy's name Tell him it's a it's a, it's a rock from the moon. So I did. Got to the church, and he comes in with his mum. He's dressed, Sandra. I swear to you on my life, he's dressed in an astronaut suit. Wow. Anyway, he sat down. I talked to him. The clown came out really for a little while to play, you know, and um, got 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 him accustomed to me. Um, and I said, now, Bo, um, before Matthew came here, I said, um, I met a, a, I met a man who was an astronaut. I had my fingers crossed when I said that, because my mother always taught me, if you keep your fingers crossed, it's not really a lie. <laughs> um, anyway, his eyes were like saucers, you know, his mother starts to cry and I looked to the mother. I thought, have I done something wrong? And she told me the day I left England, she'd read him a book about man in the moon and he said to his mother every day since mummy can i have a rock from the moon now look at the intelligence of the spirit there mm -hmm. wow and so we gave him his healing and to my knowledge that was on may the 12th we're now i don't know what date it is today june uh, 16th okay so now we're june 16th to my knowledge He's not had a fit since. And he was having, she told me, he was having up to 12 seizures a day. Wow. Now, for a little four-year-old, that's a lot. That is a lot. Um, and then she gave me feedback. 
and said that night he didn't want to let go of his moon moon his rock from the moon and um they had to take it off him uh and they put it on the shelf very high up in his bedroom no way he could get at it and in the morning it was in his little pajama pocket and she said bo what's that doing there he said the angels put it there mummy because they said i've got to have it close to my heart oh now a kid could not make that up no um and um that's very humbling you see when when you get that so what matthew's doing matthew's just placing his hands in this particular case over his head obviously his mummy has to be there because he's a minor uh and he was as good as gold i've got my eyes closed um i'm just i'm not thinking of anything it's very hard to put into words actually it's like a deep meditation mm-hmm. um and this this energy whether it's heat whether it's cold it varies um it's certainly not body heat that's for sure um and then the proof of the pudding in is the fact that you know he's not had a fit since but you see i was epileptic when i was little and i'm sure the spirit world place me in that situation because i would have tremendous empathy with him um and there was an also a healing going on there must have been a healing going on within myself from the fact when i was a child and having fits that's fantastic yeah just yeah. fantastic and just a quick question um not everyone can be healed i mean obviously there comes a day when we all cross over um well you see it depends what we mean by the word heal oh okay because yeah because some in 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 the vernacular it means physically getting physically mentally mentally or or emotionally stronger um i've had many cases particularly where cancer uh, patients are concerned the the power hasn't cured the cancer but it's got rid of the pain i see and it's given people a peaceful transition that is miraculous in miraculous in and of itself yeah so it, it it in that particular scenario it's helped them on a soul level Mm -hmm. because you see when the spirit told me that when we've had to take a lot of tablets and drugs to sustain life you know fierce drugs it has an impact on the spirit because what goes in will reflect into the spirit's life force and this is why in the spirit world there are halls of healing so the individual if they've passed in that particular way are taken to halls of healing where uh, a, a balance is restored within the spiritual energy now whilst those drugs had to be there because they're necessary for pain relief or longer expectancy whatever it does have an effect uh, on on the spirit self and it just wonder makes you wonder really um whether uh, we are kind whether we are kinder to our animals uh than we are to our fellow human i know Mm. yes yes 
Mm. Um, that just makes me th- think of a question about suicide. Would someone who has ended their own life go through that hall of healing as well? Uh, let me ask you, because I don't know. Uh, let, sorry, let me ask you. <laughs> let me ask the spirit um, to try and give us some um, insight on this, because um, it, it, it's not a question I've been posed before. Okay, um, what what I'm just being made aware of, when everyone comes, these are not my words, okay? These are words that are coming into my head. Um, when everybody comes into our world, all are greeted with the same love, compassion, and understanding. Those who have been catapulted into our world, albeit through terror or through their own hand, are given more love more help, more understanding, because they have a need. That's what I got. That's great. And and it just came to mind, I had one of my um, readers of my book write me who has just suffered an incredible amount of loss in her life. Almost yeah. everybody. And her husband is very sick. And, um, you know, she's actually thinking about ending her own life. And and she says I'm, I'm working with a doctor and a psychologist and you know you don't have to <laughs> call someone on my behalf but she just wanted to know my thoughts mm. and um, yeah so that, that just came up she's, to my mind. Well, she's the lady has had an awful lot on her plate, mm-hmm. and to suffer one bereavement is difficult enough, but to have several in close proximity to mm-hmm. each other you're not having chance to grieve once before no. you're having to grieve again and within the stages of grief uh, there are uh, various stages of grief and guilt is one of them uh, and with some people guilt comes out first uh, depending on the circumstances um, and this lady obviously is going to be thinking to herself what have I, as she, what have I done wrong? Yes. What, what, what have I done wrong to um, experience all this? And nobody can give her the answer to that. Um, all one can do is try and help her find those happy memories um, that she shared with these people and whether it was in her, the destiny uh, for this to happen, we don't know. And it's, all, it's, it, it's very easy to try and put a spin on things, but we have to be truthful and say, well, there are some things that we, we don't really know. Uh, but look around you and look at the network of um, angels in disguise Yes, that, that, that are there. Now, touching on a, on a horrendous thing that happened in America to 9-11, when your country endured that terrible, terrible uh, atrocity. Um, Somebody um, said to me, well, where was God when that happened, to allow that happen? And I said, God was in the firemen, the ambulancemen, 
God was in the people on the street that were helping each other. Mm. God, God was everywhere. We can't blame God for man's inhumanity to man or indeed um, when, when we're going through difficulties. Look at that piece about um, walking on the beach. You know, do you know the piece? Well, saving um, the one starfish. No, no, no it, it's another one. It's about a man had a dream. He was walking along oh, yes. the beach, you know, one set of footprints. That's you right. Know? Um, uh, and then um, uh, there were two sets of footprints in the sand. And then when the, the man said, but God, why was it you deserted me when it, I was in the most difficult times of my life? And God said, yes, but it was then I carried you. Yes. Uh, and if this lady can try and look at it like that, that she is actually being carried and the love of those she has is still there to help her. But if she did take her own life, it doesn't necessarily mean her life then has been fulfilled. Right. And whether she will meet them again or not straight away, we, we just don't know. Mm-hmm. I would recommend her to get a book called Testimony of Light. Okay. Helen Greaves. Uh, it's very good. And that will help her. That will help her tremendously. Okay. I will send that to her. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I and I spoke about many of the things in my email immediately after she said that. Yeah. And everything I knew about life after death that I've learned, everything about grief that I've loaned. And, and also there's some people that have suffered some incredible tragedies and who are now making a difference with other people. Yes. Um, yes. Matthew, I'm looking at the clock and time uh, is going by fast. So if we uh-huh. could, um, you are at one of the greatest places on earth, I feel the Arthur Finley College. Yes. Uh, and I had actually spoken to a couple mediums very early on on this radio show, and they said they, they went there, and that's what started them, and I thought, I have to go. So <laughs> my friend Darla and I met you just one month ago. So you are a tutor there. Yes. And if you could just uh, talk a little bit about you being a, a tutor, um, perhaps uh, <clears throat> I'm just – again, looking at the clock, not necessarily at the Arthur Finley College, but you work with people privately. You, There's an upcoming event here in the United States, if you wouldn't mind uh, mentioning that, and then maybe just giving us a few closing words and we'll end the show. Okay, so um, the Arthur Finley College was um, bequeathed by a man called Arthur Finley uh, to the Spiritualist National Union because he investigated mediumship and it was he, he found without any shadow of a doubt, it did exist. And he wanted his home, which is uh, a small mansion in the um, Essex countryside, not far from Stansted Airport or Heathrow Airport, to um, teach people the, um, uh, the how spirit functions and their own, uh, their own sensitivity. Um, and uh, the training program for teachers here is um, uh, very strict, and so it should be. Uh, but not everybody who comes here, of course, comes here because they're going to be teachers. Uh, people come here just to learn about mediumship, and they do uh, from all over the world. And interestingly, of course, when Arthur Finney left his home to the Spiritualist National Union in the early 60s, there was not an international, two international airports at its doorstep. Heathrow wasn't as big as it is, and Stansted Airport uh, wasn't like it is now. So the spirit world, I believe, knew. And that's they 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 were instrumental in um, bringing this about. And there's nowhere like it. I mean, I know some people call it Hogwarts, 
um, <laughs> because of its um, yeah, what it looks like from the outside. Right. Um, but uh, it's very intensive, the training. Uh, people come from all over the world, all different walks of life, and they've got that one thing in common, um, their, their spiritual desire to, to learn. Um, so there is a program online. People can go online, arthurfinneycollege.org, and they can see the different things that go on here. So basically, wherever I go overseas or in the UK, I'm teaching at the same level because it is a high standard of level teaching here. It has to be because of this is like the University of Spiritualism, if you like, um, to uh, to show people workshops, lectures, tutorials, um, the very hands on in the teaching because the teaching has to be experiential. A tutor can stand up and say, oh, this happened to me, that happened to me, but it didn't happen to that individual. So really, it's a story. But when it's happened to you, it's going to be more empowering. Yes. Um, and then, um, uh, sorry, there was a second side to your question, wasn't oh, there? Oh, just you're you're coming to the states pretty soon. Oh yes, I'm August. I'm going to go to Wisconsin. I can never say it. Wisconsin. Wis yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm doing a five day. I'm helping actually a, a student of mine who is opening a school there. So I'm just coming over to help her. Um, it's a five day course called the Confident Medium, and it's dealing with confident issues, confidence issues. Um, because I've found that over the years, spiritual, all spiritual mediums lack confidence. Um, and uh, this is helping building confidence into their uh, mediumship. Perfect. Perfect. And it, it's no more, I think, it, I think it's limited to about 25 people, mm. so it's not huge. Um, and confidence and trust, you see, are two different things. Uh, the Spirit told me recently, if mediums will trust what we give them, they will then be more confident in their delivery. Ah, very good. Good for me to hear yeah. too. So the more the more you trust the spirit world, the more confident you are in the delivery. Mm. Um, and a, a word for or a, a thought for people to um, to leave with today. Yes. Uh, I'm I'm mind I'm mindful of a a, a pearl of wisdom that <clears throat> the spirit people gave me. A pearl of wisdom is like a one line of philosophy. And I was mindful, been mindful of it last few minutes, and it's this. In life, don't chase rainbows. Make them. Beautiful. So you see, it's there. It's there for us all. Mm -hmm. We're very powerful. Very. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. I'll, I'll end this episode and I'll tell my listeners or our listeners, if you go to we don't die radio.com and look on episode number 100, I have this episode with Minister Matthew Smith and I'll have all the details on his website and where he'll be in August and everything I know about him. And in closing, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. Again, all of our episodes are on we don't die radio.com. Um, uh, Matthew's website is matthewinspires.co.uk. And in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain, and I have been your host on We Don't Die Radio. And with all of my heart, I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. Mm -hmm.